school's in session. This is Recruiting Daily's Sourcing School Podcast. Real talk about recruiting, sourcing, and <clears throat> cyber sleuthing. Hot takes on sourcing tools, recruiting tech, and anything we want to talk about with no filter. It's time to level up and put your sourcing pants on. Here's your dudes, Ryan Leary and Brian Fink. <laughs> That's all right. But I really learned to kind of follow breadcrumbs and figure things out and be a bit more of a detective beyond what I learned when I came into recruiting in like 2009, right? 2009, 2009 was, was, that was some serious time because like, yeah. Um, I remember that the, the firm I was working for, like we were going through, you want to, you want to talk about this or yeah. like, I'm like, I'm like recording this. I'm like, hey, what's going on? <laughs> Get started. Let's do it. Let's, Let's do it. I, 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 yeah. I'll, I'll start, I'll start by saying I read the title for crying out cloud. I'm like, Oh, for crying out loud. I said, what the hell does that mean? Then I saw for crying out cloud. I was like, ah, I got it. That's pretty funny. And then Fink saw it and Fink got excited. And then Aaron's like, oh, you're talking to Sam. She's like, I dumped all the DevOps roles on her. I'm so sorry. <laughs> well, and that's basically where that title comes from. Like for crying out cloud, every time I log into my computer, I have three more DevOps requests. <laughs> so, uh, you know, it came to a point where I was like, okay, I understood DevOps or at least I thought I did to a certain extent. But once I really had to start recruiting for these individuals and trying to figure out where they are and why they're in such high demand and not responding to my outreach, I kind of had to take a step back and um, really kind of figure out, you know, when did DevOps become such a hot commodity? Why does everybody want to get their hands on them? Um, and where can I find these people? How can I get them to respond? Because there's a million people in their inbox every day. They don't really necessarily yeah. have to look for a job right now. They can just log into their LinkedIn or email and they're going to have recruiters, you know, looking for them, looking to have conversations with them. So, so I think oh. I was going to say, so, so this goes right into the conversation we were just having uh -huh. before Sam jumped on. Do you need to know DevOps to be a DevOps recruiter or can you just be a recruiter and learn the situation? I think if you are just a recruiter and you decide to kind of learn the situation and go off the job description and look for these individuals, you can probably coast, um, you know, if you have one or two DevOps recs a year or something like that. But what ends up happening is once you fill one and then you fill another one, all of a sudden, you know, maybe you fill another one and then it's like, okay, you become the coined recruiter who's really able to fill these positions. And then all of a sudden, you know, I'm having this rec load of DevOps at that point, if, if that is a key requisition that you're working on, and that I think goes for any requisition, if it's something that you're working on all of the time, you should know what it is, what they're doing in the company, you know, why they're important. It will help you. It'll help you have better conversations. It'll help you get these guys to the table. Because like I said, it's, it's, it's very competitive in that market. So Samantha, you bring up something else that Ryan and I were talking. Maybe you should have had lunch with Ryan and I. Who knows, right? <laughs> Is that um, we were actually talking about closing candidates, right? And um, I believe that the more knowledge you have about a certain subject area and the more you can speak to what that candidate will be doing in this role, how they will be stretching their professional capabilities, uh -huh. that that is leverage to get them to close. What are your thoughts? 
I agree 100%. They want to feel comfortable with who they're talking with. They want to feel like the person that they're talking with, and then you should be talking with them at, you know, that really, um, they want to know that that person understands, you know, where they're looking to go in their career, what it is that they've been working on. Um, they want to feel like they can trust you to guide them through that process and get them in front of the right hiring managers. Oftentimes, I'll reach out to somebody who's titled DevOps, and once we dig in a little deeper, I see that, well, actually, maybe they specialize a little bit more in build and release. Let me reach out to that team. This candidate might be better with build and release, you know, um, and, and not just your, your, your general uh, DevOps engineer. Um, so actually, I think, yeah. So, so to interrupt you there, like, yeah. Tell me, tell me, like, how hard is it for you to find DevSecOps people? Because, like, I feel like that's the new flavor and people are just splashing it on their LinkedIn profile and they don't even know what the hell they're. That's right. I was mean. I was rude. They don't know what the hell they're talking about, but the recruiter does. What is that like? So, so DevSecOps, yes, that can be very, very tough. And that's actually one that I'm still wrapping my head around a little bit, a little bit more. Um, I've only had one or two DevSecOps recs specifically. Um, so trying to kind of wrap my head around how security is pulled into, I mean, I get it, but I'm also really kind of researching that as well. Um, tough one, very popular. And it's really only become extremely popular in the past like five, six years because DevOps is a baby. They've been right. around 10 years, really. They became, DevOps became a thing in 2009. Um, uh, I believe the gentleman's name was, was it Kevin Dubois, but it was at a conference in Germany and he decided, Hey, you know, we have these two departments that are traditionally siloed development and operations. And because of that, we're moving so slow. We need to be able to move it at a more rapid rate and deliver our customers, you know, to our customers. So let's, let's kind of pull these two departments together and it wasn't really until 2012 that it took off. So having that understanding understanding can even kind of come back to consulting with your hiring managers because oftentimes you'll have hiring managers. I want somebody who has 15 years of experience with this. Well, 15 years ago, this was just becoming a thing, you know, and it's, it's really developed from there, if that makes sense. No, it totally makes sense. And, you know, one of the, one of the areas that like, you know, one of the things that I use to get my knowledge is I use YouTube a lot to show me videos and to let me know who a leader, a thought leader is in a particular area, or to let me know who can take a complex subject and break it down into those incremental bite-sized nuggets of goodness. Yeah. Um, and then also, uh, do you like, I'm not endorsing a product, Ryan, don't worry about it. They won't be a sponsor. Um, there's a, there's a website called Pluralsight, P-L-U-R-A-L-S-I-G-H-T. Um, that Pluralsight is a training like Coursera, but they do okay. classes. Um, they'll give you one free week. Um, and, and what I'll do is like, I'll just go under a different alias. They're not checking it by IP address mm -hmm. and I'll go under a different email alias and I'll take one of their courses on. Like that's how I got readied up on DevSecOps and learned how oh. the elk, how elk kind of plays into that field. Okay. Real quick, I'm going to take this back, like to talk about recruiting because I have a feeling that Samantha and I can just geek out about about tech and the DevOps <laughs> space. Samantha, maybe a better question to ask you is, how do you ramp your knowledge when you get a new role, a role that you you haven't worked on before? Yeah. 
I can find myself going down a rabbit hole and I'm much like you with YouTube. I, that's pretty much my go-to. Um, you can find anything on YouTube and there's always somebody willing to explain what it is that they do on a regular basis. Um, so that was one of the first places I went to. I just wanted to have an overview of DevOps. I went down a rabbit hole on YouTube for like an hour and a half. Um, and then every day I'd continue to do that. Also just, you know, I would do my own kind of Google research, um, your typical wiki pages. If you go to AWS, actually the website, they have a great, yes, they actually break it down the best. Um, and why wouldn't they? I mean, it's, it's AWS and a lot of, a lot of the products that, you know, a lot of the tools and things that you're using in DevOps are AWS related. So that helped me a lot, um, really understand kind of like the best practices of DevOps, um, what that looks like, why. Um, so, so yeah, you have to do your research. That, that's really 50% of being a recruiter, maybe even more. I mean, that's all we do is research. I agree. Well, actually, yeah. so that, you know, you bring, when we were talking at the beginning, you talked about the dichotomy of being a sourcer, that you have more time to do that research, to dig yes. in a little bit deeper yes. versus being a full life cycle recruiter. Yes. Um, full life cycle recruiter. I feel like you've got to juggle a lot of different things. You've yes. got to close the candidate, what, what have you. It's, it's different. Um, I've been there, totally respect it. Sourcing is my niche because I'm able to go a little bit deeper into uh, the relationship with the candidate, I think I'm able to foster it better because of the research that I've done with it. Right. Um, you mentioned AWS as a research tool, and you mentioned the fact that recruiters need to be able to do research. Do you think it's more important that they understand the tech they're recruiting for, or just the research that they need to do, be able to repeat the research that they need to do to, to find those answers? This to me sounds like a, what came first, the chicken or the egg kind of okay. question, yeah. right? Um, you have to understand how to research. I thought I knew how before I became a dedicated sourcer. And then under the guidance of like Aaron Matthew and my colleague, Mike Vronin, and then being pulled into this amazing, amazing recruiting community that I really didn't even know existed prior to stepping into this sourcing world. Um, they really showed me how to do that, how to, how to research, how to follow breadcrumbs. They would say, hey, Sam, join this hackathon. And so I would join different hackathons, like kind of on my own to try to, you know, to, to challenge myself to learn how to do that research. Once I learned, and you know what, I'm still working on it. I still have to work on, on that um, to a certain extent. You have to understand how to do that before you can learn the rest. Well, I think of, it's both important. Learn how to do the research, understand what you're recruiting on. Speaking of, of learning the resource and the research, right? Mm -hmm. You know, you taught a very interesting track at SourceCon that I feel was geared towards the, the fundamentals of recruiting. Mm -hmm. What would you say are the five things that a recruiter needs to, a sourcer needs to know or needs to learn as a baseline so they can be successful? Okay. Five things. So it could be three things. Ryan three likes things. to go for five. I usually go for three. <laughs> If Noel was here, he'd go for one. You know, it's prime numbers on parade. Whatever, <laughs> whatever you come up with will work. No, so I, I think that um, knowing knowing how to do the research, you know that 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 is that is a key fundamental. You have to know how to source. Um, you have to get out of your own way a lot of times with. Um, 
you know, a lot of the a lot of the job boards that are out there or, or LinkedIn, step away from LinkedIn. If you didn't have LinkedIn as a option, how would you find these people? Um, knowing how to knowing what you're recruiting on as well, like like we talked about that is very important doing your research there so that you can then consult with your candidate. I think consulting and recruiting kind of go hand in hand. Um, you need to be able to put your consulting hat on and have a conversation with your candidate, have a conversation with your um, hiring managers. Um, I mean, yeah, I, 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 to me, the, for me, the core things are really doing the research and, and, and knowing how to consult with your hiring managers and, and your, your uh, candidates. All right. So I don't know if that I'll, really answers what you're looking for, but that that to me, that's you know how what? I've been successful. That is really how I've been successful. I stay curious. I want to do the research. I want to figure out what this hiring manager is looking for and why. What's his team look like? You know, does he have how many seniors on his? And this is probably the full cycle recruiter that I kind of hybrid into my my sourcer here because I that's how I think. And then having that understanding leads me down the path of, of sourcing. Then I can't do one without the other. You know, you, you talk about being that trusted advisor. Do you feel that as a sourcer that you're able to, that you're closer to the talent, that you're able to deliver more insights to the business than you were as a recruiter? So when I first transitioned over, that was actually tough for me because I, I really loved building my, my relationships with my hiring managers and having that, having those back and forth conversations. And so as a sourcer, I work with the recruiters and the recruiters work with the hiring managers. And in the beginning, I didn't really know where my place was. If I was able to overstep the recruiter and kind of consult on the job description, a job description that, that recruiter had posted for maybe 30 days. Now it comes to me, I read that job description and I'm thinking, why did this ever get approved? This is not really what, you know what I mean? Like, and, and yeah. let's consult on this. Um, so, but I found my place now. And I think I found my place with the recruiters that I support. So oftentimes they will look to me to step in and maybe run like a talent neuron report and provide the data, the market data on this position. Um, where then maybe if the hiring manager has a little better understanding on the market, um, that can lead to switching things up in the job description or um, realizing that you actually need a senior or you actually really just need somebody with a couple years of experience because your senior is going to be moving on soon and then you're going to have a gap um, on your team. So those kinds of conversations um, I am still able to I am still able to have. I just needed to find my place and my comfort level between the recruiter and the hiring manager. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So you mentioned talent neuron. Um, I, I've only used talent neuron a little bit. I know it's, it, it's a pay to play tool. Can you describe what that is just for anybody who's maybe kind of wondering what that might be? Absolutely. So it is a Gardner um, tool. They developed it. Um, it is a data analytics tool. So you can go in and build um, like a job description or, or, or what it is that you're looking for from scratch within the tool, or you can just upload your job description. Usually I'll upload mine, take out whatever fluff, and then you you run that report. It'll pull up analytics on, and, and, and it's really pulling information from a thousand different sources. So <clears throat> it'll show you um, the top 
uh, titles related to what it is that you're looking for, the top companies that also have job postings out there that are looking for similar candidates. Um, it'll pull up the compensation, the average compensation range. It'll pull up what diversity looks like. It'll break it down, you know, men and women, um, individuals of color, whatever that may look like, it breaks it down. Um, and, and it kind of really gives you an overall target. If this is a remote position, it'll give you an overall view um, and it'll show you hot spots across the country of where these individuals are located. And so from a compens, uh, uh, well, obviously compensation, but from a competitive, like a competitor standpoint, I can go in there and see, okay, um, my top competitors in these locations are all already looking for these individuals. So let me go ahead and maybe do a company search and break down my sourcing, you know, by organization. Um, it's helped me a lot you know, with, with that. It's a great, wow. and it definitely opens up, you know, your hiring manager's eyes when you can really show them this, this data, this hard data that's backed up by, um, you know, Department of Labor. Um, they pull from, like I said, a thousand different sources as far as all the different job postings that are out there, anywhere that compensation is listed. Um, it's a great tool. Great tool. All right. All right. So, yeah. so wait a minute, speaking of tools, we're sourcers, right? Yeah. What's your favorite sourcing tool? Like Samantha, I'm so excited that I get to talk to you today. Like, <laughs> I'm sorry that I've gone completely off topic. Um, for those of oh, you who great. are still with us, we have yeah. we've gone from talking about DevOps and cloud technologies yeah. to what makes a recruiter great. Samantha, what's your favorite tool? So I actually really love seek out. As a, as a sourcing tool. I love that tool. If that's, if that's what we're talking about, or, or you want yeah. to know more. Like, no, yeah. no, no, no. That's a, that's so, a great tool, but that's a, that's a paid tool. It's a so paid I gotta tool. Ask, I got to ask my you, free you tools? got a favorite free? Yeah, my you free got a favorite tools? freebie? Yeah, so I, I, I love, I, go ahead. I think you got to pay for tools. Not, not all free tools are good though. No, not all free tools are good. My favorite ones are obviously paid, but I do have some, some tools out there that keep me organized, help me find contact information. I'm a big Chrome extension user. So um, I love one tab. I have worked that into my sourcing flow. Um, first off, it keeps me, it keeps me organized because if you're a recruiter that doesn't have like a million tabs up, I don't know what you're doing. I just have a million tabs up all the time, you know, 16 different LinkedIn profiles, you know, five Fiverr profiles, six GitHub profiles, whatever it may be. I'm able to just click my one tab, pull it into one tab. And then I think a lot of people use that tool just for that, but you can go in and, and, and name it. You can lock it so that it's always there. You can turn that into its own website, submit that then over to your hiring manager. If you have a list of 13 LinkedIn profiles, yeah. I'll do that. I will do that right after my intake. It's really easy. We've been recruiting for a long time. So I have my intake. I hit, you know, whatever source I want to hit. I'll pull up, you know, 15, 16 profiles of what I think this guy might be looking for. And I shoot it over to him afterwards. Hey, am I on the right path? Not only am I gaining his trust, but I am then confirming that I am on the right path. And I go from there. I'll start screening those folks, or finding more folks, whatever it is it may be. But that has really helped me. Um, in my sourcing workflow. So that's one of my favorite tools. WenX is another great tool, especially whenever they decided to, um, they decided to incorporate like a little notes box. So if you have the WenX uh, uh, application or Chrome extension, 
when you're sourcing through like LinkedIn or something, you can kind of, you can mark them that this is somebody that you're interested in and you can put a note right in that LinkedIn profile. So maybe it's somebody that you're not necessarily going to pull into your CRM, um, but you want to put a note there, you know, to say, hey, this person looks great in this area or, or whatever it may be. Um, that, that, that's helped me. It, so I, you know what? You gave such a great explanation of one tab, right? Because like I use it to, um, I use it when I'm sharing profiles from GitHub with my hiring managers. I'm like, check this out. Like Mm -hmm. there's a page, but Mm -hmm. I cut you off about Seekout and I feel bad about that because not everybody knows what Seekout is and not everybody knows why it's such a great tool. Uh What is Seekout and why do I need it? Seekout is a AI sourcing platform. In my opinion, it's it's one of the best ones out there. And I haven't utilized every single one, but I have utilized both Hire Tool and Seekout. Seekout is my favorite. I feel that it will shoot back um, fantastic results. I'm able to really build the search that I'm looking for. I'm able to go in and do a separate AI search. So if I want to upload a resume and then have them do an AI search around that resume, it'll, it'll populate um, maybe top 10. And then I'm able to go in and it's, you know, and, and kind of click if it's a thumbs up or a thumbs down. If it's a thumbs up, they'll continue to pull resumes based on, you know, that particular candidate that was a thumbs up. Um, you could then um, export. So I can create a project in Seekout and then export that project into an Excel spreadsheet. And what makes it so easy, you know, once you do that to then just quick shoot a mail merge, right? I, I have been when I, with Seekout and I don't have that tool anymore. So that, mm. that isn't a tool that I'm able to use anymore and I miss it. <laughs> but, uh, but whenever I did have it, I mean, I was able to just source maybe a hundred folks fairly quickly, go through, make sure that they fit, you know, the background that I'm looking for and then export it and send them all a message. And I could do that in less than an hour. And I'm not trying to necessarily be the recruiter that's going to blast you and not really necessarily look at your profile. But when if we're using DevOps as an example, once you're recruiting on that for so long, I can go through and see this person has the tools, this person has the experience, three years here, five years there, fantastic, and pull them into my project. And then, you know, once they respond, I want to talk to them regardless. It doesn't matter if they're going to fit this particular role that I set out sourcing for, or if they're going to fit somewhere else in my organization. And that's another train of thought that you have to have when you're sourcing as a recruiter. Don't just source for your recs. Know what your company is looking for. Because there's been multiple times that I end up filling somebody else's rec with a candidate that I'm talking to, and I still get partial credit there. You know, Um, So from a goals perspective, it's only going to help you and your company. Love that. Love that. Yeah. <laughs> um, actually, you know, actually, I was I, as I was looking, I, I went and pulled up, and I'll send this over to you. Um, top companies to recruit DevOps engineers from based on size. Um, I'll share that with you. Yeah, Thank it'd, you. It'd, be, it'd be a little goody, right, for coming on the yeah. show. Right? I, I, I don't think we can put that in the show notes. Ryan, you want to put that in the show notes? Like Brian's list of DevOps companies to source from. Brian's, yeah, there, there you go. Brian's list of DevOps companies. Oh man, that means it's over. You've been listening to the Recruiting Live podcast by Recruiting Daily. Check out the latest industry podcasts, webinars, articles, and news at recruitingdaily.com. Thank <laughs> you.